0: Okay, so, uh, oh man, I'm seeing all kinds of cool people in their cool environments right now. That's neat. Um, Say what? Yeah, I'll clear it. Okay, well, um, yes, anybody um, interested in just going for it now? As I say, I would need an audible rather than a vidable.
1: Testing. Okay, no more time tunnel here. Okay, Um, so this is out of um, Galatians chapter six. Hmm. Uh, And and, well, I'll read it out and then I'll just talk to what, when I've been praying about this, where I think it's a word for the church. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. And that was the highlighted part. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Um, And the picture, of course, that's in here talks about um, sowing and reaping. And just an encouragement from God that as our church body, that even when it feels like we're, we're tired, we're weary, we're not sure we're, we're missing each other, we're not sure how this is all working out, we, that God God is faithful to grow when, when we're planting seeds that he's giving us and we're planting those, even if the ground feels hard and we're not happening yet, to trust him that God's got that all under his control. And that what he wants to have grow in our church is not stopped at all by circumstances around us. But we can trust him. And so an encouragement to let us not grow weary in doing good and continue to be reaching out blessing, especially the, the fellow believers. So
0: that's my word. Excellent, Carrie. Thank you so much. Okay. Who's next?
2: Bob, uh, I've got a word if we're ready. Yeah,
0: go for it.
2: That's it's you, Jake. It's Jake. Hey, y'all. Um, it it's a word for myself, which is easily applicable, but um, hearing where Weck has gone through the, in, in the past and, and a, a word that Rob shared with the uh, pre-service prayer with, with the church house leaders was uh, resilience. And with resilience, that means it doesn't wear out very easily. But in order for something to be having the opportunity to wear out, that means it needs to be put through something. And if you're going to be put through something, but be resilient in order to maintain yourself, if you will. um, The two words that I got were hold fast and stay the course. So it's just that encouragement to just, just keep going. Uh, The Lord's got us. Uh, The vision that I got was, uh, It was neat. There were, if you've ever seen a full cross section of a tree from the roots to the main level, right through to what you see above ground, I was almost at an angle of below the ground and my eyes were just this much higher. So I could see where the the earth is, where, where you see exposed tree and where you see the roots start to grow. And the tree actually grew this way. So I not only saw a tree growing up, I saw roots growing out and it was neat. Cause I've never seen something like that before. I've never thought about something like that before necessarily. So it was, it was something interesting. So I, I coupled roots growing deep along with holding fast and stay in the course. So those are, that's it.
0: Excellent. Jake. Thanks so much, brother. Okay. Anybody else?
3: yeah i'd love to share
0: uh that's you bonnie eh?
3: yeah
4: okay
0: go for it sister
3: yeah um first of all jake that reminds me of psalm 112 uh, verse 6 surely the righteous will never be shaken they will be remembered forever they will have no fear of bad news as their hearts are steadfast trusting in the lord now their hearts are secure they will have no fear In the end, they will look and triumph on their phones. So I just love that we're not moved when we're grounded in the Lord or rooted in the Lord. So thank you, God. Yeah, and I just really feel like the Lord was, well, he just said yesterday, you're sitting on a gold gold mine. And I really feel that's completely related, totally applicable to everyone here. I really am encouraged by the Lord saying that because sometimes things can fall apart or you can become very weak or unsure of what he's working on. But it is a goldmine. We have the kingdom. We have his love. We have you, Holy Spirit, and we have your counsel and your guidance. And we have each other to pray with each other. And we have this affirmation of the Holy Spirit living in all of us. So I know George has some really cool pictures he shared with us about a campfire and all of us gathering in the Lord, which is huge. And that just really... Reminds me of what the Lord said that we're sitting on a gold mine. So the things he's working on, I really felt when he said that that everything will be distributed, um, but it comes with taking risks and uh, exchanging your comfort. That's what it felt like your comfort will decrease in the ways of the world and your security and your comfort will increase in uh, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and the comfort of knowing you're His, and the comfort of His demonstration of His power and His glory. So that will exchange way more than the comforts and the familiarities and the predictabilities that we're used to in our culture. So I really love that we are sitting on a gold mine. Thank you, God. I just wanna pray. Lord, thank you that we are sitting on a gold mine. Thank you that you're leading us and instructing us the ways we should go and the ways we should learn. And the second one was a vision last night of uh, armies and marching the force in the, the legs and the, the unity of the stomping I don't know how you say it, the clacking in this powerful army thing. So God thank you for speaking to us. I'm kind of shy it, to share it. And the last thing I wanted to share was um, Second Timothy Uh, where he talks about terrible times in the last days, and the contrast is the child rearing. It's huge to write them on the doors of your frames, of your houses, to impress them on your children, to talk about them when you're walking, to walk at home and when you lie down and get up. That's Deuteronomy 6-9. And that is the foundation that you are raising your children in, because the things are changing in these in these days. So those are the things I want to share. Sorry, I'm so shy. I hope it blesses people's spiritual ears. Bless you. Amen.
0: Oh, God bless you, Bonnie. Uh, that uh, that was very good. Thank you. Okay, looking for um, yeah, who's up next? Oh, good.
5: Am
4: I Which showing it? You... Yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> uh, was, yeah. oh, <laughs> was, was that somebody saying they wanted to share something? Or was oh, that just... would oh, be Lainey. me, Rob. Oh, okay. So, so we'll Can have you guys you... see me, okay? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lainey, will we'll, so we'll have you share, and then we've got someone in our group to share after that. So, go for it, Lainey.
4: Okay, so... Um... I have, I have some scattered things on my mind. I, I I just want to confess that I didn't do the fast and praying, but I do have something on my heart because I had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling with COVID on um, the last two weeks, but I'm good now. So praise the Lord. Praise but the Lord. I did, Um. I did, uh, yeah, I do have a few things on my heart. Um. I did have, uh, before I asked the Lord this morning to give me something and I, what it is is that, um, what's been happening in my life since about the beginning of, uh, uh, before Christmas, I've been meeting up with some people and they've been telling me their struggles and, um, that they're pulled from, they're being pulled in a direction that's not the Lord's direction. And I feel, um, I just feel like I need to speak to this. I don't know if anyone's feeling this, if they're, they're, um, the direction they're pulling is—it's not a bad. Yeah, it is a bad direction because it's a direction that's not from the Lord, and it's from the whisper of the enemy. And it actually comes in a very, um, in a very uh, beautiful way. You know, it's—it's it's something beautiful. It's something love. You know, it comes in that kind of way, but it's really not the Lord. It's—it's it's just um, things that have been spoken to me is not scriptural, but they're—they're kind they're of speaking in love, if you know what I mean. It's a false love. So I want to speak to that. I don't know if anyone else is feeling like they want to search for something else. And I was telling my children that um, if you really, really know the Lord, but you do know the Lord, even if you feel like you're searching for something else. But we have, I'm going to kind of do an an exhortation here. um, And it's going to be hard for me. But I said it to my daughters that we have no right to question a holy Lord, a Lord that is everlasting and um, is king of kings and lord of lords. I'm just going to say that, and I, I hope no one needs offend, but that's exactly what it is. Why, like I told my kids, when I came to the Lord, I had a fear of him, that's why I came back, because I feared his reverence, I feared his holiness, I feared his healing, I feared what he could do to me rather than what the enemy could do to me. I feared even asking questions, I just wanted to do what, what he wanted me to do and everything he's for us, not against us. So whatever he wants us to do, it's going to be amazing. It's not fearful. So any, I want to speak to anyone that's trying to search any kind of love that's not true. So anyways, I'm going to read some scripture. And I hope that's okay that I kind of said this and kind of feel like I'm out of my, but I'm going to read Deuteronomy 33, uh, 27, the eternal God is your, it is your dwelling place and underneath and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he thrusts out the enemy before you and says, destroy. And that's the kind of God we have. He wants to protect us. He, wa- he has us in his place. He loves us. He wants us on his path. He wants us to know the truth. And anyways, and then I'll, ha- I'll just read one more. And it's Romans, which is, uh, oh, am I in the right place? Where am I here? Oh, oh right here. Sorry. I'm in the, oh, I want to be in Romans 8. Yeah, here. And of course, I love this scripture. You guys know I always read this to the congregation, but it, I want it to go deep into people's hearts. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor ruler, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else, in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's all I have to share. Thank you.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Lainey. Okay, we're going to have uh, Rob share now. Rob Weese, so go for it, brother.
6: Um, there's two scriptures. I was looking at two passages. One was in First Corinthians fifteen nineteen, and it says... If we've hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I'm pointing to in that verse is that um, Paul's saying, if if all your faith is for is oriented toward things, mm-hmm. this life, your your marriage, your family, your church, whatever your projects, um, it it's a secular faith. Mm-hmm. Its whole orientation is for now, this life, and that's all. Mm. And and uh, that's what I call a secular faith. And just to back that up, in, in Hebrews 11, um, this is the other passage, it says, all these died in faith, it was Abraham and Sarah were being talked about before that, mm. Jacob and Isaac. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth for those who say such things make it clear that they're seeking a country of their own and indeed if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out they would have had opportunity to return but as it is they desire a better country that is a heavenly one therefore god is not ashamed be called their god for he has prepared a city for them so the whole orientation of the saints of old, you know, it, they were they were operating on a vision of a of another a better country, a better land. Uh, their orientation was eschatological. They were, you know, and that's the orientation of the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. It's future, and if we don't have that orientation, like Paul said, we are of all men most to be pitied. So. This is uh, yeah. This is what I was um, wanting to share.
0: Good, thank you so much, brother. Uh excellent. Um, so yeah, someone else. Uh, who is that, Christy? Oh, good to see you, Christy. Uh yeah, go go for it. Yeah, uh, share.
7: I feel like the scripture I was thinking of sharing kind of ties a lot of these ideas together that we've been hearing about and. For, I read it, or it's in 1 John 2, and it's actually the message version, version says it really great. Um, it starts at verse 15 to 29, I guess, to the end. And I just wanted to say how much affection and love we have for everybody at this church, and we just miss you a lot, and just really grateful that you guys are going strong, and, you know, we have a home to come back to when we're back. So we just miss you a lot. <laughs> anyway.
0: We, we miss you too.
7: <laughs> Thanks. Okay, uh, so I'll just read this. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love of the Father, for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him. The world and all of its wanting, 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 is on the way out, but whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Children, time is just about up. You heard that Antichrist is coming. Well, they're all over the place. Antichrist everywhere you look, that's how we know that we're close to the end. They left us, but they were never really with us. If they had been, they would have stuck it out with us loyal to the end. In leaving, they showed their true colors, showing they never did belong but you belong. The Holy One anointed you and you all know it. I haven't been writing this to tell you something you know, but to confirm the truth you do know and to remind you that the truth doesn't breathe lies. So who is lying here? It's the person who denies that Jesus is the divine Christ. That's who. This is what makes an antichrist, denying the father, denying the son, No one who denies the Son has any part with the Father, but affirming the Son is an embrace of the Father as well. Stay with what you heard from the beginning, the original message. Let it sink into your life. If what you heard from the beginning lives deeply in you, you will live deeply in both the Son and the Father. This is exactly what Christ promised, eternal life, real life. I've written to warn you about those who are trying to deceive you, But they're no match for what is embedded deeply within you, Christ's anointing, no less. You don't need any of their so-called teaching. Christ's anointing teaches you the truth on everything you need to know about yourself and him, uncontaminated by a single lie. Live deeply in what you were taught. And now, children, stay with Christ. Live deeply in Christ. Then we'll be ready for him when he appears ready to receive him with open arms, with no cause for red-faced guilt or lame excuses when he arrives. Once you're convinced that he is right and righteous, you'll recognize that all who practice righteousness are God's true children. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much. Uh, that, was, uh, that was great. Thank you, Christy. Okay. Um, yeah, someone else who wants to share? Okay, I think if, I might have
8: something.
0: Yeah, go for it, Al, and then we'll get Carrie in our house to hey, Go for it, brother. If,
8: if, if my phone rings, I apologize. I'm just waiting for a call. Um, I was at the shop working, and I was listening to uh, Spotify, and it was a, a bluesy, Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And I don't know why, but it came into my head. Mary was there. I was like, okay, that's kind of random. And I thought more about it. It was like, wait a minute. When they were at the wedding feast, Mary ignored Jesus when he said, it's not my time. He said, never mind him. Just do what he tells you to do. And he's going to deal with this. So she knew what Jesus was capable of. And if I fast forward back now to the cross, she was at the cross. She didn't say, I know what you're capable of. Get down off that cross. She didn't say that. It doesn't say anywhere that anybody interfered with what was happening to Jesus. And Mary, being a Jewish mom, you would think, would say, Come on. So me and Andy were chewing that over. And it's like, well, you know what? God prepared her. God favored her. And I think she knew what had to happen and not to interfere. So okay, how does this edify the church? And only thing I, unless this is for somebody else, the only thing that I could come up with is that she was prepared. God prepared her. We have the scriptures to prepare us for what's to come. I guess that's it.
0: Well, thank you, brother. That was, uh, that was good. And uh, Carrie is going to share. Do you want to come here, Carrie? Yeah, just so that people can see. So you just sit there and
9: that'll work. Nice. So I'm the other Carrie, the older and newer Carrie, and I had a vision for the church, and I asked God this morning, you know, if I should share it, but it's an encouragement, and I think it builds off of uh, sitting on gold and the analogy of the tree, and, and maybe my vision is the um, fruit of the tree. So for those of you that don't know, I'm married to Ken, late in life marriage, and I've lived most of my life in Atlanta and New York. Ken and I went to my Atlanta daughter's house for Christmas, and we too got COVID, Laney, so we got, um, I had a light case and Ken had almost no symptoms, but we got stuck there and we had to stay there two more weeks. And What I wanted to say is my daughters are both Christians and they're married to wonderful men. One lives in Atlanta, one lives in New York. And my New York daughter has she's had she's gone to three different churches and had really freakishly bad experiences, like weirdly bad like you wouldn't believe it bad. And my Atlanta daughter and son-in-law have been going to the same church for 12 years. But there was a big fault, flaw that was discovered in the leadership and elders of that church. And my son-in-law you know, approached nicely and directly and they just refused to listen or deal with it. So now they have no church. Um, so what I wanted to say to you, being from the US and, and you're here, and I, I came here because I love Ken, but Ken was willing to come live in the US. He had talked about WEC so much that I grew to love WEC uh, in our long distance courtship. And being here has not disappointed me, it's furthered it so my encouragement what i got from god is you know WEC is a, a gem it's a jewel and it's very unusual it's so unusual to have a church that's biblical uh it's personal it's so much like the first century church is accountable um i've not ever seen anything like WEC. And I'm so glad I did move here instead of Ken coming there. And I just wanted to say to you guys, you probably know this, but WEC is wonderful. So I'm really thankful and excited to get to know you better when we all get together more. So that's Mm -hmm. it.
0: Thanks so much, Carrie. Wow, praise the Lord. That's encouraging. Okay, Um, fantastic. So who is next, perhaps? I can go. Thank you, Brother George. Go for it.
10: Uh, Just inserting this at this point, since we're talking about uh, WEC and it being precious, definitely precious to the Lord. Uh, I asked God, how can I distill the weak? Because there are a lot of different encouragements in different directions. Most of them had to do with Investing. Uh, how we invest in our lifetime on earth. We know that Jesus said, don't don't invest. Don't invest on earth because in the end, it's a loss. You'll end up with nothing. Uh, but invest in, in heaven, in the kingdom, uh, in eternal things. And so I was looking at all the investments personally that God has called me into, all related to people, of course. Uh, I'll start with a picture because it got capped with a picture this morning it had two sides to it. Andrea helped me finish this picture. But uh, this morning, I just saw a simple diagram picture in my head, you know, like little stick men. These were stick houses, just a square and a triangle on top. And the houses were formed in a circle. They seemed to be, uh, you know, the fronts of each of the houses were facing each other. So they're They were in each other's presence. It was a circular formation. Uh, The sense I had was, you know, like when you go on a campground and they have it laid out in a way that campers can fellowship with each other. It's almost like a community of campers together. These houses represented West End Christian community. The, the, The sense I had is this is who you are. This is West End Christian community now. And West End Christian community now is a spiritual community that consists of many church houses that are interconnected, they're interrelated, they're meant to be. The the very joining we have together is a gift from God. It's a unity and a joining uh, from God. And our very growth is meant to be together. Even though there's distinct houses, they're not disconnected. God has given us disconnectedness and we're meant to grow together if there's any potential growth potential for us it's together a community of many church many church houses a body of many parts each doing their work and as each properly works the whole body the whole church community grows up into the fullness of what the head of this church this church community of many houses has in mind for us. So we're parts working together, each of the parts, the houses have people in them. And as we learn to walk together and work together, distinctly functioning the way we do, but also corporately functioning together, we will grow up as we each properly do our part and build each other up in love. The investment part of this, is a scripture found in uh, Philippians chapter two. It starts in verse 12 and ends in verse 18. This scripture came and kind of overlapped all the investments I was was assessing this, uh, this week. And here's what the scripture says. It says, continue, keep on doing this. Continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. That's your covenant relationship with God, your covenant walk with God. You're you're meant to stay tight with him, uh, a tight walk, a learning how to walk and step with him. Continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling, reverent fear, wanting to honor God with the life you're going to live on earth before you're done. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure, others other scriptures say his good purpose. So he has a purpose in mind. He had it in mind for us before we ever came together as a church community uh, or church houses or individuals in this church being joined and fit together to be a body. He has a plan, a purpose, and he's working it. He's the head working it in us. We would not be ambitious to do it like this. We'd probably end up like individuals doing our own thing, but God has given us a church. He's joined us. He's fit us together. He's given us a vision that holds us together because without vision, you're going to fall apart. You're going to perish, but he's given us vision, a whole lot of vision all along the way that's held us together up to this point. And he's wanting us to work this out together with him and with each other so that we can move forward in what is agreeable to him, his purpose, his plan for us that he's planned in advance for us to walk in with him. There's a whole lot of treasure, as Bonnie put it, ahead of us, like we can go there or not go there. It does involve sacrifice, putting some other things that are not as valuable aside so that we can take hold of what he's taken a hold of us for. And then he pushes Like in the scripture, it says, like, you know, as a journey together, it's almost like he's telling us, don't be like the Israelites way in history. It's an echo of what he did not like in history. He says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Stop grumbling. Stop complaining if you have been or just whatever's ahead of us. Don't do it with arguing and complaining. Do everything without that so that you might become blameless and pure children of God without fault. Nothing can be found in you against you by God. You're living in a crooked and a depraved generation in which you and I are meant to shine like stars in the universe. That's our identity in Christ. We're the light of the world. And as a household, a spiritual household, we're meant to shine. We're meant to be put on display for God, to glorify God with what comes out of us, with what people come into when they visit us in our houses or in our church community. We're meant to shine in such a way that we're like stars in the universe, a dark place in this world and a shining light where people are coming into this as we're holding fast to the word of God, abiding in his word and holding out his word to others who have never had anything to do with it so that they're hearing and they're coming in further and further into fellowship with us, into fellowship with our church. And our joy is made complete, as uh, as John says, when they not only come into fellowship with us, as you invite them, as Terry said, invite them into your houses, invite them into your life, eat with them, let fellowship with them. Don't just keep the word of God in a closed circle, but let them come into our circle and experience the word of God. Fellowship, faith, and man, our joy will be made complete when they come into fellowship with God who we have fellowship with and the final part is the investment part if you've been a christian for a while if you didn't become a christian just yesterday and you've been working out your salvation and you've been equipped here's your purpose with the remaining time of your life paul says even if i'm being poured out this is investment language if i my life is being poured out like a drink offering Uh, That's a complimentary offering. I'm pouring out my life into other lives for one purpose. They might be my kids or they might be beyond my household. I'm pouring out my life for one purpose so that the sacrifice and service that is meant to emerge from your life will emerge. Then I will have done something worthwhile. I put my investment in the greatest investment possible. Others Rising up in their faith to serve God and to make their own worshipful sacrifices for God. That's when my life is actually complete. And so I just want to encourage all of us keep working out your salvation, keep actually holding out the word of life, and keep pouring yourselves out because it is the most worthwhile investment that you can make before you see the Lord on the day of accounts.
0: Thanks, brother. Took the cork off with of that one, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thank you so much, George. Um uh yeah, is someone next
11: um, I had a quick word or thought to share. I hope I'm
0: not cutting somebody off. Yeah, go for it, Rachel. It's
11: okay. Um, yeah, it's really encouraging hearing what's already been shared because I feel like it's in alignment with a few of the words that were given and um, kind of one of the scriptures that came to mind came after, I'm not sure um, of the, the person, but they they shared about Mary at the cross. And going back to that same image or that same scene, um, Mary was standing there weeping. She was experiencing loss um, as a result of her uh giving herself fully to the release of the gospel, giving herself fully to this purpose and this plan that the Lord had to bring peace and redemption and hope to the world. And uh, she had lost her husband, we, you know, we know by that point, and this was her eldest son. Um, but there's a scripture that says that the Lord puts the lonely in families. And we saw him do that there. He said to Mary, this is your son, and to John, this is your mother, right? And I think, you know, that image uh, spread across a few other thoughts and conversations that the Lord's been putting in my heart this week it feels so relevant. I think loneliness is and it's just it's the greatest epidemic that we're kind of facing and it's destroying lives. It's taking lives of people that are even alive, walking dead, you know, um, and what does the word of God have to say about that? It's it's unnatural. It's a violence against um these ones, these image bearers, right? These ones that are loved by God. So I think that, um, yeah, the the violence of hospitality, the violence of love, the violence of family, that's the kingdom's assault or the kingdom's greater reality that's established. That's the light shining in the darkness. And um, I just really feel like there's going to be, you know, we kind of talk about evangelism as if it's this one-time event um just like people talk about having a baby like it's this one time event or you have a baby and it's like oh I have a baby you have a human being that is going to grow up and become an adult one day and in the same way I think what are we inviting people into what um space is actually set up with consideration for people coming that are hurting people coming that feel like they have no purpose um people coming that are full of questions are they welcome at our table because they're welcome at Jesus's he says come If you're hungry or thirsty or weary, I'll give you rest. You're going to have something to drink. You're going to have something to eat. And so if he's inviting them to his table, we need to ask ourselves, like, is our table his table? And what will that look like? And I know like COVID really complicates that. But um, I think that the gospel is so much more than experience um, and uh, the pursuit of experience for self. um, Part of the gift of what God has given us through Jesus is one another. Like family is a part of the gift of the gospel. It's a part of the good news of the gospel. And so I just feel, I feel like WEK has always held that kind of DNA. Um, And I'm really looking forward to um, the ideas that the Lord has in his heart about expanding and bursting that forth so that it's like um, an active part of the, is it phenotype I don't even know if somebody knows biology just ignore me but yeah yeah so I just wanted to share that and I I do want to also just say that like part of the reason that I'm at WEC is because when I felt unsafe when I felt unstable and lonely this was the only church I could think of because I knew people here that I trusted and loved and it felt like it was a safe place for me to hide while I healed and I know that this church isn't perfect and no church is perfect but that's a beautiful piece of a foundation to have, and I think yielding it to the Holy Spirit and putting aside our ideas of what it's supposed to look like is going to make this a space and a culture that 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 God can say, I have family that I can put this lonely person in, and they're going to be taken care of. So.
0: Amen. Thanks so much, Rachel. Um, we've got uh, Karen here going to share. I'll hold it.
12: So can you just so um this week as Rob and I were praying and fasting, um every day we we worship together and each day um the Lord brought up some song from the past and each of those songs um in a sense transported me back to a time and a place and a time and a place in my life and um it was interesting because then it was, it was like I was standing on a mountain of testimony of the goodness of God through my life. And this um, this whole idea it, um, kind of exploded on Friday when the Lord led me to listen to a song on YouTube and uh, I had never heard it before, it's called Same God. And uh, um, God just really showed me, I mean, the, if you ever listen to this song, it's elevation worship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The picture is even bigger that our faith um, is in a God who is a God of the past from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses. He's our same God today. Uh, The same God who um, opened up the Red Sea, the same God who poured out the Holy Spirit on the uh, apostles and, um, believers for the very first time in acts, he's our same God. Uh, he's the same God now. And he's, he, he works, he's working, he worked through the ages and he's working now. He's the same. He hasn't changed. And I think that's the, the biggest key is that he hasn't changed. He's the same. And, uh, um, that brings a lot of comfort to me in our changing times here, that mm-hmm. God never changes. And some of the, the scriptures, I have three scriptures. One was Numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And then Malachi uh, 3, 6. I, the Lord, do not change. And Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, I noticed that uh, Amma and Desmond, do you have a, a hand there? Is that a, a praise the Lord and hallelujah hand? Or is that a we have something to say hand? Hi, um,
13: this is Amma. I guess um, this week I had... Um, I was just thinking of the the four horsemen in the Bible, in in Revelations, and as I was reading about it, um, I want to read from the verse, um, Revelations 6, the verse um, 15, so it says, then everyone on the earth hid themselves, they hid in holes and in the rocks, they hid among the rocks in the mountains. Even the rulers and, right, the powerful... the and the powerful... Like... Can you hear me? Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, you know what, George, I think you need to uh, mute or
13: something, brother. Thank oh, sorry. Know.
0: Okay, I think you can go now. I'm uh, safe
13: okay. to go. Okay, thank you. Um, even the rulers and the powerful people hit, Even the army rulers, the rich people and other people with authority, they all hit Also... All the people hid, whether they were slaves or free people, verse 16, they shouted to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us, hide us from God, who sits on the throne. Do not let him see us, hide us, because the Lamb is very angry with us. The great day of the great day has come and God will show that He is angry. No one, nobody can do anything to stop him. So what I realized about this is that whenever god god is merciful he's long suffering he does not change and he keeps calling to us he gives us time to say yes to him but the thing about saying no to god every time he says he asks us to say yes to him is that whenever we say no it makes our heart harder sometimes we we keep postponing things, thinking, you know, I'm going to do it tomorrow, or, you know, this, this is not the right time. Maybe God is saying we should do something. We are thinking this is not the right time. As we keep saying no, our hearts become harder. And so when the day comes that we think should have been the day, because our heart becomes harder stone, we will say no. And so this is just a lesson where in it's like this is the end, right? Such horrible things have happened in the verses before, and instead of people to call to God and ask for mercy on that terrible day, they are calling to rocks and mountains to fall upon them instead of asking for God's mercy. So when we we feel that maybe this is not the right time, what I learned last week in house church discussions in Philippians four verse thirteen, he says, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks so much. Now, uh, we're actually, yeah, to right to the end. So um, if, I mean, if there's something that's sort of an emergency and someone really needs to share something, we will take one more person. But uh, otherwise, so I'll just give a little bit of a pause. Um, Otherwise, we've had 12 people share so far, which is kind of cool. It's 12 different messages we've heard already. So if there's uh, someone else who, you know, really wants to share something in particular, then you go for it. Otherwise, we'll, uh, I'll share a little something and then we'll close.
5: I don't have like a super urgent one, but I, I've got one.
0: Yeah, go for it, Zachary. Okay. Um, I had a picture.
12: Camera here.
5: Um, it's actually like uh, the week before the Lord, I had this like vision. I pray for WEC on Wednesdays and I had a picture for Whack. And then the local art back the asked me, and um, it was an image of like uh, surfing, uh, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool! Like, you know, we had surfing pictures before. It was like surfing through the inside of a, um, like a, oh, water slide. There we go, like one of those enclosed water slides. So I want you guys to like picture the feeling with me. You know, like when you get on a water slide and then you hit the water, and like the momentum just totally, you like stop, and you're like." trying to like figure out how to move again and uh as the surfing this the person surfed down it hit the like the pool at the bottom of the water slide and there was that like jolt of that shifting in momentum and then there was that like moment of of relearning how to walk at a different speed or in a different location so that was that was one uh picture that the lord brought back to me I, i had to um and so just in that interpretation, I just felt like the Lord was saying like there was a, a shifting in momentum, um, that wasn't necessarily bad, but might require, uh, relearning how to move and refine trajectory. There can be, uh, high speed and high momentum, um, on a, on a one track. Um, yeah. Uh, the next picture was during the parent fasting week and it was I think that this is the one that matches with a lot of what's been shared, but it was an image of, of the Lord on the throne and his, I know like we joke about like paintings that have like, like halos. What are those? What are they in the scripture? But like the the, the green circular rainbow that goes around his, his throne really like clicked for me in this image of him. It was him just like being very small, similar to what you're sharing, Jacob, like looking up. At like a very large tree or something, but it was like looking up at the throne, um, of like what is described in Revelation four, just like the the shining face, the the circular rainbow, the the crystal clear sea, the the <laughs> radiant light, um, and I know this is like imagery I gotta look, whatever. <laughs> but it was it was emphasized, and it was the the that circular halo, and it was huge and i was just awed by his all-encompassing life um and i was just moved by it and i saw his hand reach out from the throne and in that perspective shift it was like the hand was so big coming towards me i felt like like it was an invitation would you come sit with me but i was because of the perspective different and the visual like distortion his holiness was magnified in it and so coming out of it, I just like there was an image of the Lord going, oh, yeah, yeah. And he said, like, tell tell them I'm holy, which we all we know that but he's holy. The Lord is holy. It's so good news. But in his holiness, that hand is out, is reaching out in an invitation room for us to sit with him in his holiness. And I was reminded of that classic psalm that I also talk about all the time, but where he's like, uh, David or the author of it is going I'm like a wild beast, I'm foolish, I have no idea what's happening. But then when the Lord reached out his hand, he brought me into his presence and I finally understood the ways of the Lord. Um, and so the Lord is holy and his hand is extending to us, let's grab it and have him bring us close to him in the, middle of, in the midst of his holy, that we might understand uh, the things that frustrate us, that we might understand um, the workings of the Lord, that we might know Jesus um yeah so blessings well i'm so stoked to hear all the stuff (laughs)
0: yeah god bless you zachary um and you know what if you if you have other things by all means maybe write them down and and you can uh send them along you know reply to a wec uh e-bulletin or whatever and and we'll definitely get them. Uh, I'll just finish off with something brief. There's lots of stuff the Lord spoke to us during the week, and I'm sure you'll hear about it as I'm preaching (laughs) over the next while. But um, yeah, one of the things Karen referred to is this idea of a mountain, and it's a picture of the Lord standing on a mountain, calling out to us. And he was calling out words of reassurance Uh, because it felt like we were needing words of reassurance in these days, that, that the Lord would reassure us. But he's standing on this mountain calling out these words of reassurance. And then it was the idea that this mountain is the mountain of times in the past that the Lord came through. The Lord was faithful. The Lord showed us miracles. And I mean, Karen and I have, there is a mountain of stuff that the Lord has done in our lives And there he is, as as our souls are ready to forget it all and go, oh, no, the wheels are coming off. What are we going to do? But uh, that the Lord is standing on these things. So his words are carrying an authority, an authority that comes from the fact that he's proven himself over and over and over again. So, you know, when our souls are are ready to just give up the ghost, as soon as we hear something discouraging, um, it's just that we need to hear. The, uh, the words of reassurance from the Lord, but we need to hear them as, as it were coming coming from the mountain of faithfulness, uh, like real, actual, measurable faithfulness that the Lord has shown in our lives over and over and over again. So I'll just kind of leave that with us. Um, wonderful time. So that would be uh, 14 people. <coughs> Excuse me, 14 people sharing in this time, uh, just uh, there's been a mountain of encouragement, a mountain of stuff here. And, uh, you know, um, uh, thank you so much to all who shared and uh, I'm gonna dismiss us. And you can go back into your breakout rooms and fellowship with one another if you're on Zoom or you're in a mixture, <coughs> excuse me, that's not COVID. Uh, that was just a call, not COVID. Not COVID. <laughs> You got to say that. Got to give a disclaimer every time you, you you, sniffle or or cough. Um. Anyways, I'll just bless us and we can uh, go back into our church house groupings. Lots of encouragement today. Praise the Lord. So the Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And we can say that all in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh, you know, feel free to uh, find your way back into your uh, into your um, breakout rooms, and uh, we'll probably it'll probably close up around one o'clock. Okay. God bless you all, and thank you for uh, for the sharing that you've done.